You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Gastroenterologist Writers Blues. My name is Steve Whitman. I'm joined as always by Dan Volpone and Emily Cannell and two special guests today. We have Andrew Spencer of The Bachelorette Season 17. He's a defensive back for the Vienna Vikings and Clay Harbor of The Bachelorette Season 14, an NFL tight end of seven years. And he was drafted by the Eagles in the fourth round in 2010. And he played three seasons in Philadelphia. Guys, how are you? Thank you for being here. It was, a, it was a showcase introduction, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, uh, yeah I love that. Eight oh, years, well. though. Thanks, mate. Eight yeah, years. Eight, eight active <laughs> years in the NFL. So you I apologize. That's fine. Counting has never been my specialty. That's my fault. Uh, he's still getting uh, locked up by me anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, uh, let me. we're just going to go one by one here. We have questions for you, and we'll go off the cuff and, and whatever. But uh, Andrew, so... Uh, we're big fans of yours uh, from the show, but on social media, we've been saying that uh, we got the idea to invite you on the show because you've been posting about rooting for the Eagles. We're a Sixers right. podcast, but we talk about all the Philly sports. Uh, you've been talking about your friendship with TJ Edwards. So how far right. back does that go? How, how long do you guys know each other? And like, where did that come from? And would you call yourself at this point a full-fledged Eagles fan? <laughs> Dang. Very fans would I be happy about that. But I will call myself a full-fledged Eagles fan now. Um, just knowing TJ is going to be there for another another year of the extension. So now we go way back, man. We actually people thought we were twins. Um, he was he's my best friend, pretty much my brother. I actually lived with him for a good amount of time um, growing up. Uh, but yeah, no, we, we we've been playing ball together, baseball, football. Uh, we actually never lost when we were in little league. We were we were, we were that's where I peaked. Um, he, he's still getting better, but <laughs> we little league all the way up. Um, so high school, then he went to Madison um, in Wisconsin. So, yeah, I mean, just kind of been best friends, brothers for for a long time. And uh, it's still going so well, so far. And then next, you know, I get to go see him in, uh, in Philly. Never been, well, he was at Philly. So it was crazy that, you know, I've been to a game in Philly already. Um, so now I guess it's, you know, it just makes sense for me to be an Eagles fan. You know, it's always been there now. So, Clay, I mean, I have to say, like, when you were back with Eagles, those are kind of some of the earliest teams that I remember because I'm, like, a bit younger. And, you know, when you were on the show, I was like, oh, of course, Clay Harbor from the Eagles. It's like, those are, like, the very first Eagles teams I remember. Like, I always think of Clay as an Eagle. 
Um, like what is kind of your takeaway from your time in Philly and, you know, and in Philly and also with the Eagles? Yeah, no, I love Philly. I loved, um, I love my time there. So, uh, you know, I got drafted there. That was, uh, was a fourth round pick and to Andy Reid back in 09, 2010 season. Um, I, I remember the day, you know, getting, getting called by Coach Reed, drafted Eagles. I'm like, wow, Philadelphia, this is incredible. I'm going from a small college, a small town, and that was my first, uh, you know, real city. And I loved it there. The people, you got to see how passionate the fans are. And um, the teams were great. You know, I, I walked into the first year, we, you know, with Michael Vick came off, uh, came in when Kevin Cobb got hurt, we made the playoffs. We lost to the eventual champions, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in the playoffs, unfortunately, that year. Had played with some good players, and the next year you have the Vince Young, you know, dream team comment. But we still had, you know, eight and eight, uh, barely missed the playoffs that year. Then had a tough year with uh, Coach Reed that last year, a bunch of injuries. Um, in the final year with uh, Chip Kelly um, came in there. But I love Philly. My time there was amazing, and um, they're the number one team I root for. Um, number one game I tried. If I have to go like catch a game for some reason, I don't have NFL Red Zone. I need I need to buy that. But uh, always go somewhere to watch the Eagles game. You're throwing the old jersey today. To he watch walks it. out <laughs> yeah. in public like this, dude. This Nobody knows it's my jersey. No, they just <laughs> You're such a around the back. <laughs> yeah, and that's like that's like that's like a game worn jersey, right? Like you wore that jersey. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I think somebody uh, walked by was like, "Oh, Harvard dress, a throwback." And it's freaking <laughs> turn around. I'm like, "Yeah, that is." <laughs> Yeah, that was funny. So, Andrew, you had um, a really great college football career at Winona State, and then you went pro internationally. So what was that like for you? You won the Austrian title in 2020, being a key member of that defense, and I imagine you've really gotten to see the world playing football. Yeah, um, honestly, that's kind of how we just, you know, football has really carried us to, you know, growing up how we grew up, we wouldn't imagine we'd be here. And, you know, that's why we love football so much that, it, you know, it changed our lives. Um, they took me overseas in places I never imagined I'd be doing. Uh, he actually came out and we um, we traveled together and like he's like, oh, you're out there. So I'm going to start traveling over there with you, too. So we actually visited a couple of places together. Um, but no, playing football there is, just, you know, it's pretty much the same thing um, as playing here. And, you know, it's awesome. It's awesome because I get to grow the sport a little bit. So people are like, people think I'm freaking Odell in, in Austria. So that's the cool part. Like, um, you're, they love the sport. Um, and obviously it's just getting bigger. Um, you know how basketball's kind of moved along with like Luka Doncic and everyone's coming from overseas. So uh, football's actually making that way, transition that way. So um, it's really fun playing over there. Um, you know, just having a good career in college and, and translating that over to Europe was um, was actually just a blessing to me. So, Clay, back when you were on the Birds, only a few guys still left around, but, like, obviously some pretty key guys. So Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, still with the team now. Um, and those guys were, you know, in addition to being, like, still great players now, were great players on the Super Bowl team. Um, what do you think it is about those guys that kind of, like, besides being great, allow them to last so long and be good players for so long? And do you have any, you know, memories with them that kind of stand out from back when you were with the Birds? I got memories of all those guys. I, you know, Brandon Graham, um, we're in the same draft class, obviously. And uh, me and BG, uh, we're, we're, good, we're good friends. We go against each other a lot. He's DN, I was tight end. Um, a lot of battles there. 
um, sprints, you know, the, the, the practices, all that stuff. Um, I'd say with Brandon, I mean, he's just a smart guy. He's a hard worker. You know, he takes care of his body and, and to stay in here, stay in the league for 12 years plus. I mean, that's what it comes down to, man. A lot of guys like, like me, you know, I got hurt. A, a lot of guys get hurt and injured, can't really do the things they once did. Just a, a testament to these guys. They, um, they take care of their bodies. Jason Kelsey was also another one of my really good friends. Um, we would, uh, we'd go out and uh, have beers together occasionally. We were both uh, a little bit younger then. He was one year um, younger than me. He was, uh, he was drafted in my second season, and we would go out in, like, Old City or, you know, Rittenhouse Square or something, have a couple beers. I remember we'd go over to his place. And we would play uh, a game called Heat. Kelsey created it. I don't know if he created it, but he had it. It was called Wayne Gretzky Hockey, but he changed it to Wayne Brewski Hockey. <laughs> Every time you, the opponent scored a game on you, you'd have to chug your beer. So we'd be sitting there playing Wayne Gretzky Hockey, but then they, he would score on me. I have to chug my beer. And that was something fun. That's a, that's a, a Kelsey memory I'll always have playing uh, Wayne Brewski at his, uh, at his house uh, back in the day. And then Fletch. I love Fletch too, man. He's uh he was a beast back then, and um just a funny dude. You know, a lot of people don't realize how funny you know Fletcher is. He's like this big, you know, defensive tackle, scary dude. You see him, he's like six foot seven, but dude is actually he's um he's actually a really fun, you know, funny guy. I like Fletch a lot too. Great, great guy. Take care of their bodies. They're professionals. I think that's what's allowed them to last so long and to still be playing. I have a quick follow-up question. So, uh, from what I from what from what I hear from what from what is from what is rumored, Brandon Graham is like one of the best trash talkers out there. Can you, uh, as someone who would go against him in practice, can you validate that? Oh yeah, Brandon likes to talk, but his talk is not like malicious talk. He's always yeah. got a smile. He's laughing, but he's gonna talk. He's talking the whole time. <laughs> he's talking the middle block. Oh come on, Clay. Like we're literally interlocked in a block and he's sitting here talking having a conversation like that killing itself i'm putting everything in this block you know whatever oh man that ain't that ain't it right there i'm like dude we're literally in the middle of playing talking like how do you do that that's awesome but he trash talk but play like like he's having a combo with you it's incredible so to uh piggyback on that andrew i wanted to know are you much of a shit talker on the field? And a two-part question, if so, does that transition into the Bachelorette house? Are you talking shit in there? Are you saying you're going to suck on this one-on-one? -on -one? You almost dropped her on that hug jump. Are you talking shit in, in the Bachelorette house? Does it work that way? No, man. I've never been a shit talker. <laughs> the only shit talker I do is when I'm talking to these guys when we're Got playing it. like Whatever. Um, or practice. Practice is the only time I would, I would shit talk. I would never say anything on the game to another opponent or whatever. My coach always told me, don't fuel the fire. Don't give me one ammo or whatever. So I, I'll never give me one like the underdog story because it just you know gives everyone a little bit of uh, an edge. And then in, in, in the house, it's such a weird man. You don't, you don't talk about it. You don't say anything to anyone really. I That's like super positive. You know, you want to stay positive. You don't want to, because then, you know, producers will probably go around and they'll get you. They'll get you yeah. like, hey, you know what about you? And you're just like, he said, he said, what? And then like, there's a big drama thing. And I, and I try to stay out of drama as much as possible. So um, not a big shit talker. I don't believe in it um, during the games, but practices for sure. Gotcha. And then Clay, <laughs> I think the last football question we have for you. So you've caught passes from both Michael Vick and Nick Foles. 
So what was it like playing with them? And when Foles took us to the Super Bowl and that miracle run happened, were you surprised or did you know that he always had that in him? Yeah, no, um, I remember coming, you know, getting drafted out of college. The first guy I'm running routes with on the, was on the field was Michael Vick. And he, at that point, he was a second team quarterback from uh, Kevin Cobb was the one in OTAs and all that stuff. And uh, first pass, you know, I'm all hyped up. First practice, I go out and I run a route. Um, little little in route, like tending in, and um, goes right through my hands. It was so unbelievable. It was, this guy just literally flicked his wrist, and the ball just just took off. And he, and he threw it he threw it so hard. Like Michael Vick is so interesting because he could just flick his wrist, and just the ball is just like a shot of a cannon. And like with his form, you wouldn't think that um, the ball would be coming that fast, but it was. But you know, Mike was a guy, you know, you had to stay stay alive after the play. If you're not open for the first three seconds, you know, you got to stay, stay open for four or five, six, seven seconds sometimes because he can stay, um, you know, he can he can keep a play alive. And then um, Nick Foles, absolutely. Yeah, Foles is an unbelievable guy. I always tell everybody, hardest worker I've ever played with is Nick Foles. Um, a quick story, just 30 seconds. Um, back in the day, I was uh, playing with the Eagles and um, – I went in the tight end room. Nick Foles watched film the tight end room every once in a while. And I walked in there. He's watching film after practice. I uh, left something in there accidentally. So I went home. We had a barbecue at Brent Selleck's house, old tight end, John Dorn bus doing magic, everybody's hanging out. Uh, come back a few hours later, maybe three and a half hours later before I went home. So I forgot my iPad to go watch the tape. Foles is still in the room, drawing up plays, drawing up coverages, watching tape on a week when Michael Vick was our starting quarterback. This guy wasn't even playing. He's putting that much time in three and a half, four hours after practice. Um, you know, Carson Wentz goes down and go, this, they're not going to skip a beat. Foles is prepared. He, he knows every play, every coverage. Just like last week with the Bears, I wasn't surprised when they uh, when they got that W. <laughs> he was actually talking about Foles today. So he was, he was giving the same spiel uh, about Foles. And he was kind of mad that Dalton got the start. <laughs> yeah, big Foles guy, huge Foles guy. I love him. He's like such a nice guy. He's like super Christian. He's like the nicest guy ever, just hard worker. Foles is an incredible person. That's awesome. So, you know, we're mostly basketball podcasts. Obviously, we love the birds. We also love the bachelor, but mostly basketball podcasts. And you know, I, I think that like as great athletes like you guys tend to do, you play a little bit of basketball and you have both posted videos of yourselves dunking on your Instagram stories. So uh, and Andrew, you were also wearing an Eagles shirt uh, in one of those. Uh, so if you guys were to compare yourself to someone in the NBA now, what is your game like? Take this one, Drew. I would uh, he plays like Al Horford, but uh... <laughs> I would say I'd play a little bit like Russell Westbrook. Um, I, Present I, day? Huh? Present, Present day, day, for sure. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, <laughs> Russell Westbrook or, or probably J.R. Smith. You know, I, either I'm going to get really, really hot or I'm going to be real cold. So it's one yeah. of those uh, – but like more athleticism wise towards like Russell Westbrook um, and maybe like an old D Rose. I love D-Rose. that. Clay, what yeah. about you? If not Al Horford, who else? Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> I, you know, I don't, I don't know, man, because I, I like to, I like to, to go outside, but I can also play inside Got a little bit of a mix. I, I, I was trying to think like, I don't know who really does that. Um, 
anymore. I'm uh, not a great shooter. Inside but, out uh, I don't honestly nobody's coming to mind. I mean I'm gonna go Al Horford. I'll 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 go with Al. I don't mind Al Horford. Good player. Al Horford. I don't mind Al Horford. I'll go with it. <laughs> You're kind of one of one. I get it. I don't yeah. know, man. I'm, I'm trying <laughs> guys going through my head right now, but I'm like, no, he doesn't David work. West. Ooh, David West. West? David yeah. West. You get David West. David West for sure. Yeah, David West. I could I could work with that. Dave, so, Dave West. Yeah. So talking about basketball, as we said, we're mainly a Sixers podcast. Do either of you have any takes on the Sixers right now, whether it be Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid? Are you big Tyrese Maxey guys? You got anything on the Sixers? I actually really like – Sixers is my favorite team growing up. I was a big Allen Iverson fan. Uh, oh, was, if we had known this, we would have gotten you on so long, so much longer ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think Ben Simmons should be traded for Jalen Brown. I think they just need to make that happen. Um, Come on! <laughs> we love this. Extremely talented. And I, I would love to see him stay in uh, Philly. Because, um, I, I, you know, Joel Embiid, they're just – it's a good team. Um, you know, just the ball didn't bounce their, their way, obviously, with Kawhi Leonard hitting them, that shot, I think. Uh, against them so that's just that's just tough situation but uh, I thought they had a good team you know like I said it's tough to play in Philly um I was actually at the game a couple weeks ago the football game they're booing every time uh uh Brager got the ball or touched the field it's bullying but you know sometimes it works look at them so uh that's that's what I mean like I get it. Ben wants to get out, but I mean, I think the Sixers are going to make a, a pretty good run. Uh, but I, I still think the East is uh, is all Chicago Bulls this year. What's the record? What's the record right now? They're three games over five hundred, so I think they're nineteen and sixteen right now. Yeah, they're nineteen and sixteen, and then the Bulls are in first right now. They're twenty four and ten. So, well, if the, the Rosen make, going crazy. if the Rosen has a game winning three every game, I think they're in good shape. <laughs> Yeah. You should see the tweet that this guy just tweeted today, right here. Okay. He said he said that Michael Jordan, if he played today, wouldn't would just be Demar Derozan. He said Michael Jordan, Demar Derozan. Absolutely, absolutely. I said I, said, I don't know what this guy what was in that they, water he was drinking. We went out to a local sports bar and just the game. They play the same. Jordan's not going to do what he did in, in there in his era in this era. I think it's Jordan impossible. has played in every era. He's played in those different eras. He played with Bird Magic. Then, he, you know, he played with Carmelo yeah, and fine. Stockton, those guys. It. He played with Reggie Miller. Then he even came back with the Wizards, and he wasn't, you know, I'm not old school saying Michael what Jordan. he did was not valid. I'm saying if you brought that here, he would be different. It wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be the same result. I don't know. He'd be DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> you know, this <laughs> is like – this is good because this – the episode will be on old takes exposed. It'll be really good for the podcast. Like it'll, it'll help us get a lot more listeners. Cause it'll be when DeMar has like an over 30 week, this will be on old takes exposed and we'll get a lot of <laughs> listeners coming in. <laughs> hey, hey, had bad games too. It's just, he didn't have Twitter. Was it true. No, it's a good point. It's a great point. It's a great point. What are you guys thoughts on uh, Seth Curry? I know he's one of the, the 76ers. I'm always, I've never really, been able to watch him as much but i'm a huge steph fan is uh seth is pretty good though huh seth is like he doesn't do a lot of the things that like make steph one of the best ever but he's still really good and he's on he's on one of the best like most team-friendly contracts in the league which like obviously like when your salary cap that is helpful for the team and he's going to get a really good 
like deal for him coming up because his contract's uh, running out. Um, he's like, he's such a good shooter. And especially like we always, and he's gotten better at it. Like we always want him to shoot more because yeah. like sometimes he's a bit hesitant. It's like when he shoots it, he makes it. He's, he's so good, but he doesn't have, you know, the ball handling, the off ball movement. He's a worse defender than Steph is. Like he's, he doesn't have the all around stuff that you get from Steph. And he's not as good of like, you know, maker in general but like he's he's a great guy to have with him because he can do a bit of that you know he handles the ball a little bit and he's such a good shooter he's like the kind of guy when you get the ball into a beat and they're going to double triple down even if you can't swing right to to Steph you know or to Seth you know if he's one two passes away right. like like he's automatic I mean he's automatic he's he's yeah, he's he, a lot of fun to watch and, and yeah. we love that I think the, the Sixers to me one guard away from really being like that top tier team because yeah, I mean, obviously you got that black hole. Right yeah, there. you got Embiid who's putting up like twenty seven and ten. Then you got Seth Curry, a guy that can shoot. You got you know Tobias Harris. Yeah, you got some good players on the team. You know, I, I think their front court's great. Yeah, yeah, they need to make the trade and then we'll see. But but Joel keeps them in it. You know. Yeah. All right. So getting into the show a little bit. Um, how did you guys both get involved with and like audition for the show? And were you like hesitant about jumping into that environment? Like, so Clay, we can start with you and then go to Andrew. Like Clay, you had already been in the league. Like, were you <laughs> hesitant about getting into that sort of thing? And how did you feel about it going into it? So here was my thought process. You know, I, I get hit up um, about the Bass Rat. You know, I'm in, uh, I'm in the league at this point. I mean, in my eighth season, but I had just finished um, – I was with the with the the same, and I'd gotten uh, I'd gotten hurt that year, so I played one seat one game, and I was on an IR the whole season. So um, I got to go home because they're like, "All right, you can go home and, and rehab there if you want. You can stay here, uh, obviously." But I'm like, "I'll just go home and rehab because uh, I'm out for the year." I actually broke two bones in one one game. I broke my wrist and my toe in the same game, and I'm getting contacted. And I'm like, I think I'm like, dude, this might be my end of my career here i'm on ar i don't know what's coming next so i thought the, the bachelor would be a good opportunity yeah was, i'm open to find love i think it'd be a cool cool opportunity like people are meeting on date naps or whatever like i'd, I'd open to meet on a show but i also thought that you know maybe this could lead to something like like broadcasting get my foot in the door i knew uh knew of like jordan rogers some of these guys i'm like that'd be cool to uh to do something like that um some commentary i don't know Going back and forth, going back and forth. If I should do it, should I, should I do it? Should I do it? And I'm like, yeah, let me like, what's the worst that could happen? And, you know, going to dating show and I end up breaking my wrist, re-breaking it. A lot of people don't know that I was already injured when I, uh, when I got hurt again on the, on the season, the bachelorette. And um, not an athlete, yeah, apparently I got hurt playing. It's a medical device salesman and in, in two male models, you know, it's like, <laughs> what are you doing, bro? He let the fan, yeah, not going to lie. Yeah. That was a big episode we were all watching yeah and then um and yeah and that was it and then a couple years later i went back on paradise uh mm -hmm. yeah because uh they, they tried to get me to go on paradise right after my season but um i couldn't because i thought i didn't know if i was gonna get have any more teams hit me up for offers but i, I actually had a couple of workouts coming up the team's like if you're healthy and in shape we're gonna sign you I'm like perfect play two more years and get 10 11 years in retire um, then see what, you know, see what comes after. If I want to do any more like bats or stuff, whatever, who knows, you know, whatever. So I go to my workout with the bills, um, a week before training camp in, uh, 2018, 2019, only a couple of years ago, three years, I say, um, 
halfway through the workout, going well, I'm blocking well, catching the ball, routes are going well. I, I plant a route in front of a million times. I tore my groin, was out for six months, missed, missed the whole season, and that's how my career ended. So that was very fortunate. But, you know, hey, you know, a lot it happens to a lot of people like that. You know, it's the, it's the name of the game when you're playing football. Right. And then, Andrew, yeah. what about you? Uh, like, how did it work out for you? I mean, I, I had the whole manual script from this guy pretty much. <laughs> uh, no, we were um, – I, I started hanging out with Clay uh, when, I, when I got done uh, – right when I got out of college. I was doing all the training and all that stuff. And then I came out here and hang out with him and his boys. And I got to meet, like, a lot of the Bachelor guys. Um, and they were just, like, really cool. And we were chilling, you know, just – they're just regular dudes, you know, guys being guys. Yeah. Uh, so then we, you know, we came close, and him and his friends had an idea to throw me on the show as well. Um, and uh, and then next thing you know, I get a call from the producer like, "Hey, do you want to go on the show?" I was like, "What? Yeah, <laughs> sure." I called the guy like, "What's going on?" He's like, "Yeah, we referred you." So um, they pretty much got me on the show. So, um, and then after that, the rest is history. So the limo entrance, when you first meet The Bachelorette, is like a very weird specific thing to this show. It like, there's always like fancy music playing over it. It's very <laughs> edited. Um, but how did you guys like find that experience? Also like doing it versus then watching it? Like, was it the same experience for you? Like, was that how you remembered it happening? See the scariest moment. So scary. <laughs> oh, people think the show is scripted. It's not scripted. Like, you have to go out there, and you can't do over. Like, if you mess up, it is going to be front and center. I so can't like, believe this guy actually had the audacity. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he looked really had a fake Bro, accent. that's so bad. Like, like he's from London. <laughs> that's um, terrible. Honestly, I'm not that's sure so why he did that. But it's crazy. I was going to do a German accent, but, it, it you know, German's not very sexy, so I had to, had to change you that. You look like I'm from Austria, and you're doing a British accent. that makes no sense at all. So I'm a that I came across upon, yeah, whatever. Um, no, that was, I was, uh, I ain't gonna lie to you, I pounded like three, three or four beers right before that moment, just like chugged them because I knew I had to be like, I had to get a little liquid courage. Um, <laughs> it was cold, so I'm like, like my lips were like quivering, like, fuck, 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 this is bad. Sorry, I don't know if I need to swear on this. No, you can, you're good. Uh, <laughs> um, so no, that, that, that's the most nerve wracking part of the whole show. Is that that first intro and then meeting the guys right after that and you're just like oh shit these dudes are all six five six six i'm like where did they find these mammoths yeah um, a lot of these guys are tall you can't really see that on tv yeah that's the number one comment i get you know be like wow you're a lot taller than you look yeah you know, I, I, don't get that to, a lot I don't know how to take that it's okay so wait, real quick, Andrew, is the accent something you did in life or was a producer like, hey, here's something. If you don't have anything, we could put you no. on like a fake truck or do you want to do an accent? How does it work? Dude, that's a party trick, man. I, I, I've been talking like this since I was like eight years old. He would okay. go a whole party. Like, I'd be like, yo, my friend, my cousin's in town from uh, from London. And he would we would do it. We would talk for hours. And I would like this and I would get like um, someone was like, "Hey, where's your where's your British friend?" <laughs> Talking about, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's actually really funny. So, Clay, so, what about your walkout? Yeah, mine was lame, man. I don't even remember what I. I oh, I said um, I was super nervous too. I'm like, I can't believe. I, was, I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, why is my heart beating so <laughs> fast? Like I played in playoff games in the middle, like yelling crowds, like. 
training camp fighting for your job. If you don't make this play, you're probably getting cut. Like some stressful situation. You still don't think about it then, but you're on, you're in the situation. I just remember thinking, like, dude, why am I here? That's <laughs> like, what am I? Like, I, I leave. This is too late. <laughs> or it's quite but I, uh, I went up and I said, um, I am Clay. I, I played football and I've caught a lot of passes in my day. But if I were to land you, you'd by far be the biggest catch of my life. Come on. <laughs> yeah, very cheesy. Ooh, thumbs, thumbs down from Andrew. Wow. Very you really are an Eagles fan. Listen to you. I know. I'm oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. For real Eagles. You, you want to know who also is a big Eagles fan? Um, my grandma, our grandma. She loves uh, loves Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. We oh, saw that on your Twitter. Yeah, yeah. he sent he sent a video to my uh, grandma for for Christmas, which was awesome. Love it. <laughs> we'll get her on the podcast next. Oh, yeah. we'll get Andrew's definitely the favorite grandson. <laughs> so, just kind of in general, like, and you can feel free to take this wherever you want, like. Did you like being on the show? Like, was it enjoyable? Yeah, I mean, um, you're you're with uh, it's like hanging out. It's like like a football game. At the end of the day, it's competition, and it's like fighting for a position for the football field. Like everyone has wants wants the same position. You know, everyone wants to be the starter, uh, but at the same time, you're still on the same team, so you get to like hang out with the guys. You know, you practice or whatever. So we're basically just hanging out um, most of the time, just chilling, playing bags. Uh, you know, drinking beers or whatever, you know, we're just having deep conversations as well on top of that with no phones, no TV and everything. So you're really just in the moment. Um, but it was really fun, dude. I had, I had a good time. Um, I, no, no complaints at all. Yeah. I had a little bit of different experience, obviously, from the show because with me, like I actually like on The Bachelorette, it was going well and then I broke my wrist and I had to leave. Okay. Then I come back and I do Paradise and no, Paradise was okay, but I, you know, I ran into a little bit of the, okay, like the edit thing, like this really isn't how things went. And I'm like, you know, when they, sometimes you can, they can edit things and look a certain way. And I wasn't happy for a little bit, but I, I mean, like now I'm just like fine, whatever it was a cool chapter of my life. And um, met a lot of cools, you know, we're hanging out with uh, Joe and Justin yesterday. And a bunch of other people, but two buddies that we both met. He met Justin from his season. Grocery right. store Joe is a buddy of mine from uh, my season. And, um, yeah, it's just we've met a lot of cool friends, a lot of cool people out there, take trips, and they're really become, become like, really good friends. Yeah. Like, friends that we're going to be going to be friends for the rest of our lives. Yeah. You know, like, stuff like that. You tell these guys everything. Yeah. And you're talking talks. There's things that these guys know about me that I've never told any of my friends, my friend friends. Yeah, you become so really close. Everyone's like, why are you guys hanging out with only bachelor people? This is a PR scheme. I'm like, no. It, it, you guys become really close. You know, spend a month and a half in a house with someone for a month straight. And you have no phone, no TV, and there's nothing, no entertainment. That's the thing. Is that's why people become so close. It's the only thing to entertain yourselves you have is each is other. Each other. Yeah. It's like personality rehab. You learn how to talk and communicate all over again without <laughs> You know, being on and that's why watching we, TV, we fall in love so hard. And everyone's like, yeah. oh, there's no way he loves her. Then <laughs> there, it's real. Once you separate from the environment, so I mean, maybe it's like, whoa, like I don't know. But when you're there, you you really. I remember I was only there for ten days on the Bachelorette, something like that, before I got hurt. Not even. And I remember when I left after three episodes, being upset because I'm like, damn, like I really liked Becca. Yeah. Like, mm. 
fuck. Like, I really, like, I'm like, man, this, that girl was just unbelievable. And I, I had to leave. And I remember being really, like, upset about it. And I'm like, wow, like, that's, it's crazy because it was so quick. So, like, when you rewatch and, like, kind of see how you were, like, portrayed, like, whether you feel like it was accurate or not, are you watching the whole thing through or just kind of highlights? And then also, like, the way, um, like, the, the way things kind of end, especially, I would say, like, um, like, even, like, like, Andrew, for you, like, I remember, like, I was pissed when you got sent home. I was like, well, that's, like, why would, like, cause, like, you made it so far, you know what I mean? And it's like, is that, like, especially hard to watch back, like, the moment it kind of ends as well? Uh, I mean, it's, it, it's kind of, you, you, you replay it, you're like, oh, shit, I remember this. This is exactly, this is how I felt in that same, so obviously it's like a breakup, you know? You see, you go to a spot where an ex-girlfriend's at, you know, you're going to be like, damn, that was us there that time. So that's kind of how I felt. It was just like, uh, wow, I remember that moment. It sucked. But I only watched it one time, like when the show was airing. I've never gone back and watched any other episodes. Um, and I, I think everything was pretty accurate for me, uh, for the most part. Uh, actually, very accurate. You know, my boy Greg always says, like, dude, you got the <laughs> you got the best at it in the world. Like, that's exactly what happened. I feel like I knew your story the whole time. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, you got to be cooler. But uh, no, <laughs> um, it's it's very nostalgic for sure. Um, and it's, you know, it's weird going back and uh, reliving that. But, uh, you know, I, it's just like any other any other thing when you have emotions and you have you lived in that moment and you relived it. So it was definitely painful. I mean, that's what you want to know. Yeah, it's it's tough watching that because you do gain connection and obviously you remember what you were going through in that exact moment. What was it like? What is the aftermath like? Like you come back in real life and then obviously there's a period of time where the show hasn't aired yet, but then the show airs. And I imagine your life changes to a degree. Like Clay, you obviously had an experience with being a known person, especially around the cities you play in, um, but also just as an NFL player at large. But all of a sudden you, you're exposed to this whole other audience, you know, uh, anyway. Andrew, Andrew, you, and both of you, I think, as far as I can tell, are, are very well liked by the Bachelor fan base. Um, I imagine it's easier to get a table at a, at a restaurant. Go ahead. Terrible, but yes. What would you say? I'm like 50-50, I think. Really? I'm more like most, most, people, you, most people like me, but I have a lot of haters too. Fuck them. I don't care about them. Um, <laughs> so fuck them. Uh, so it's probably easier to get a table at a restaurant, but when you go to that restaurant, there's a lot of 20-year-olds taking your picture, which is probably not that fun. So like- You got it. You hit like, the nail well, that. bad part is when like, they do it when you're not looking. Sure, So they're just me like for a picture rather than like me mid-bite or you know clay talking to a girl and then uh, you next you know he's got it's got to be clay talking to a girl. <laughs> okay. you know in those moments you don't want to be caught you just kind of want to be normal and if, yeah and if someone wants to take a picture you could be like oh let's take a picture and then you could be ready and prepped for it the thing i don't like is not being prepped for some of the stuff and then people just like your whole life and like you, you see it on like tiktok or something later and mm -hmm. I will say, Andrew can attest to this. Andrew just, he was in Philly, walked around with TJ Edwards this last weekend. Yeah. They went out to a bar, you know, whatever, drinks after, a couple of drinks after the game. Killing, yeah, whatever. But like, like, that's the fact. Nobody knows who TJ is there. But everybody, wow. oh my God, 
hits from the bat. So TJ is like, dude, I'm spilling blocks. I'm working <laughs> yeah. on 16 tackles. Eagles win. And this guy just goes in the bat or dates a girl. And everyone's like, oh, my God. Yeah, this that's is so the funny. Walking around with the starting star middle linebacker from the Philadelphia Eagles. No attention compared to Andrew. And for me, I'm like, oh, dude, I've played in the league. You know, I've hung out with these guys and stuff. But, like, right after you get off the show, and Andrew probably hadn't – he knew what to expect because he had yeah, seen it before. Yeah. Right after you get off the show. And it's still – for me, it's still going. And I'm like, I'm, I was back in 2017 when I was on The Bachelorette. Mm-hmm. But um, it's crazy how many people watch the show. I had no idea. I, I had no when idea. I, went on. I go, what? This thing is that popular? I never watched it before I went on. I would see it in passing and like kind of make fun of it like everybody else. Like, oh, this is funny. Like, this is pretty funny, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And that was before there were those dating shows out there. But I was floored by the amount of people that actually watch the show. You just walk down the street. Somebody, oh, my God, you're that guy from The from Bachelor. People in different you go countries into a, and stopped in, in Dominican In Dominican Republic. Republic. <laughs> people don't believe yeah. it. It's crazy that no, the amount of people watch it. And it was, for me, I was like, wow. I thought that football, obviously, you wear a helmet. Harder to see your face. But right. Not even close to my recognizability, if that's a word that uh, <laughs> you have. Hey, uh, before Emily, I know you have a question. Before that, uh, this will come out tonight, and then uh, a lot of people listen tomorrow. The new season of The Bachelor is, starts tomorrow. A guy named oh, Clayton, that? I think Let's so. Let's watch and then tweet we'll to that. Yeah. So a guy named Clayton is the new Bachelor. Um, it, you can take a no comment, whatever you want to do. Do you guys have any opinion on that guy being the bachelor? Well, here's my opinion. Sure. Um, I think that Andrew S, this guy should have been a bachelor. That's my opinion. I think Clayton, I don't like his name. No. My my name's Clayton. Um, He's also a 6'4 tight end. He went to college in Missouri. I'm like, who the heck is this guy? You know, I went to college in Missouri. I'm a 6'4 tight end. Bro thought it was him they were announcing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like, Clayton, the six four tight end from Missouri, and kind of like what? And um, but honestly, um, I think that they should have. Uh, I think Andrew should have been the bachelor. I think. Wait, was, Andrew, uh, Andrew, maybe fun. we shouldn't even let you answer this. So we keep your eligibility alive to be the bachelor. Like, maybe we shouldn't even let you touch this. I think Clayton's gonna be. He's gonna do fine. Um, I, I mean, I, I thought they should have picked maybe like Rodney or uh, or Joe or Olin, um, even Brandon. From Michelle's yeah. season, kind of right. under didn't have like you didn't we didn't yeah. even know him. Much. I think if they were gonna think it be the bachelor, they should have shown him a little bit. Give him a little bit more of a story. Yeah, line. a little bit more of flair, like the funny side of the stuff we didn't see. But you know, yeah. I, I let it out for him, and they say he's a good dude. He's gonna be a good bachelor. So I mean, I'm excited to watch. Yeah. Okay. Very I still good answer. In the bachelor. Yeah, I agree. Very diplomatic. Well done. So the last question we have for you guys, um, Clay, you had mentioned that you've been on Bachelor in Paradise, maybe didn't have the best experience with your edit. Um, Andrew, I would imagine that they want you to do it. I think everyone probably wants to see you on TV again. Um, But how do you feel about that? Does Clay's experience influence that? Like, would you guys go on together? Like, will we see you on TV again? What are your thoughts on it? Um, For for me first, I'll... um... He's making a comeback, baby. (laughs) Mexico. Wow. 
anyways, um, I had fun in paradise. You know, I was, um, there's a couple of things I was told they weren't going to bring my ex-girlfriend on there. It was, I met randomly at a party and we dated completely off camera and they ended up bringing her on and like creating this drama with us. And the whole like conversation, like the whole thing between us was the whole reason for our conversation was completely left out. Like it was just, it was, it was so like contrived and like set up and I'm like, wait a second, that didn't happen. It just made it seem like something it wasn't. And then um, at the end, when I was like on the engagement stage, like with all the way with Nicole was like, I was open and honest with her the whole time. I said on the, on camera, literally 100, 150 times ago, I'm falling in love with you. I want to date, date you. I'm not ready for an engagement. I think we need more time. I want to meet each other's family. I want to meet each other's friends. I want to see how we work outside of here. And I think we can build something special from the ground up. Million interviews. Said it to her a million times. Come time to air the show. It's like they completely left all that out and kind of made it seem like I was like unwilling to like propose to her. And um, she kind of gave me that ultimatum and stuff. And it was just kind of weird how the storyline set up. But I still think Paradise is cool. It's a cool opportunity. You know, I, I said, I told Andrew, I think he would be really good on Paradise. I think it's a good, good chance for you to meet someone because there's a lot of different options there. It's more realistic. You can pick who you date more. And um, I think with his personality, as outgoing as he is, friendly as he is, I think that he would have a really good time on Paradise. And um, I'll let him take that from, uh, from here. Um, no, I'm open to it. I, I don't know what they're thinking you know they they always have these little you know tricks up your sleeve so you don't really know what they're they're thinking for what they have to offer for paradise so we'll see i mean like i said i'm open to it but i have not made any like movements toward it yeah your friend joe has had luck on paradise so grocery yeah. store joe is yeah has been he um, kills it on paradise he's the godfather and here's a funny <laughs> story the year after mine and joe's season um i was all set to go on the first paradise they told him i was going that's before i knew i had workouts for teams i didn't know how many teams were going to still be after me two days before my flight leaves i i get a call from from the 49ers i get a call from the bills all these teams i gotta go i go hey i can't come on paradise like dude we've already done your pre-episode recap where they come they show like what you've been up to since you left the show they came they filmed me and my family and stuff again like i'm getting ready to go back on paradise but i canceled and Joe wasn't going to be, he might've still made it on paradise, but he wasn't going to start. So Joe ended up taking my spot on paradise. And that's when he met Kendall and, and really became like America's sweetheart fan favorite. So I always give him, give him a, a lot of crap. Like Joe, if it wasn't for me, bro, it's <laughs> like you probably wouldn't have been this popular guy, you know, grocery store <laughs> to give him a hard time about that and tell him that he owes me. But uh a lot of people do uh, do very well in paradise. I think I think Andrew will, will have a, a really good showing out there in uh, Mexico. Wait, I thought of I thought of one more question. I'm sorry. I know we take up a lot of your time. When does anyone eat? Because nobody eats on a date. So when does anyone eat on the show? All day. Honestly, all day. Yeah. Okay, but why? But they don't want you to eat on a date because of the edit, right? Microphone, oh, mics, you know, you're chewing. Who looks good eating? You know what I mean? Okay. I don't, I don't want to be, yeah. Neither. And they, 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 
play it a certain way to make mm-hmm. it look like you know it's glistening. Yeah, the yeah. food looks perfect. No, I know. we get to eat the food, but like right before. But they stage it hours before, like the whole stage. So they have everything like film, like the foods there, so the food's cold. I mean, it's just like it's I don't, like, I don't know how they do it, but uh, yeah, um, yeah. But I'm when like, you guys are actually eating, are you eating together or separately? I don't know. Never seen Katie eat. <laughs> when you, when you <laughs> sit down and talk with plates of food there, you're not really eating. Yeah, you're just sitting there with food and you're just talking on camera and you're sitting like kind of by each other's sides like this. I, we did eat tacos. We had Taco Bell. So yes, I, I remember. Yeah. 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 On Paradise, on my, on my dates in Paradise, yeah, it was, the food's there. You just sit there and you just talk mm-hmm. with the food there. Grabbing <laughs> down with, kind of weird, actually. It is kind <laughs> so, of, yeah. so we're, oh, well, this is pretty awkward (laughs) (laughs) all righty yeah they like that like doesn't let you have an awkward moment right because usually like if you're on a on a date with someone you haven't known like that long like conversation might stall a little bit oh we'll just eat and then we'll pick back up when like something happens you always have to have something then i guess right (laughs) yeah with a bunch of cameras in your faces too right there's like producers will come in like if you guys kind of like slow down your conversation if you're like just talking like about bullshit like just joking and laughing like all right guys like can you talk about this like what happens when we like and then they'll like come in and you like you'll listen to them like all right let's talk about this right and they'll tell you what to talk about right you know it's like there's a bunch of producers for a reason so you have a conversation you'll see like guys sitting like they're just hanging out like producers like hey let's have a man chat they'll send a bunch of guys in and i'm like all right guys you talk about this and then they'll stop they'll come back in okay you guys are like getting carried away you're like having jokes actually talk about this what do you guys think how do you think he's doing on the day do you think like will really like him like what about the fact that he's from the same town do you think they could have known each other sure. like do you think like no they'll say stuff like that no i'm like okay now you guys go and then they'll they'll late leave and like all all of that people like is edited like or is it is i'm like no but they will there's there's a plan yeah, and they will have the topics. Yeah, and then some people just cannot. Yeah, can't handle make it. They their don't own know decisions. how to. Yeah, they make terrible decisions. And the proofs like, hey, you, he, he, that was disrespectful. What he did? How are you gonna let him do that? <laughs> yeah. you? And they instigate. They instigate. Like, and then yeah. they're like, you're right. And then they'll go and like start some. Like, why is this dude starting something? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's realistically, it's like a producer. But obviously, it's like if you've ever seen Star Wars, like the Jedi mind tricks only work on the <laughs> on the mind. You know, the people. That fall for that and do the crazy stuff you know i was like dude like really you thought that was a good thing to do because somebody like recommended that like come on mm-hmm. do you yeah. feel like sorry i know we said last question a couple questions ago <laughs> quickly do you feel like that kind of thing like is made not, i don't say worse because like it's good for tv but like people make worse decisions because of the fact you don't have phone you don't have tv you're just kind of stuck together yeah i mean it's all like i feel like it's all incorporated yet to make the decisions and obviously you can throw alcohol in there as well mm-hmm. um but i mean yeah that's what people want to see i think that's kind of it's and that's what makes it more realistic actually yeah um except for you know not the phone thing but other than that it just you know it puts people in actual space and time and just see how you react <laughs> yeah there's yeah there's a method to their madness i think and um it's like, you know, like you might have a support system. You might text your friend, text your mom. Like, okay, like, what do you think about this? You know, but you, you literally have no advice, but you got to make split second decisions. Split second decisions. Oh. And it's all caught on camera. So it's yeah. pretty high, high stress, high, you know, 
stressful, a pretty, pretty stressful environment there with all, with all the cameras and the dating. And, and like I said, you know. get no do-overs. Yeah. <laughs> There's no, no let's try that again. again. No. If you ever golf with Andrew, he gets a bunch of mulligans, but no, you know, in the, in the, in the bachelor world, there's no mulligan. I'm better than you at every sport. That's not true. That's <laughs> true. We'll have a little dunk contest. You guys be the judge. You know, 76ers will wear jerseys or something and we'll go, hey, you go. contest. You guys, yeah, we got to, we got to set that up. I'd like to see that. Yeah. I will say, I think, I think Russell Westbrook would beat David West in a dunk contest if we're just going <laughs> NBA player yeah. for NBA player. That's true. Listen, but, uh, check. Yeah, my vertical jump numbers, man. 40 okay. inches back okay. in the combine. He, <laughs> he always brings up the combine numbers. Like that wasn't 20 years ago. That's <laughs> true. Guys, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, incredibly cool of you uh, to take some time and hang with us. Is there anything that we can get out there for you uh, to promote or place to follow you? Anything you want to say? Um, actually, no, not really. But I think uh, if you guys want to know a little uh, secret, I think uh, – our season is having a little uh, charity basketball game against Michelle's season. So that'll be pretty fun. Um, so, you know, they've been talking a big game about how, how much better they are than us at basketball because their bachelorette was, you know, a hooper. Uh, but that's not, that can be further from the truth. We got some hoopers on our season. Um, but yeah, no, other than that, man, I'm sure uh, Clay would like to throw out his Instagram, his MySpace, and uh, Zynga out Ooh. there. Maybe his aim name you still got that yeah hit me up on um you can find my tinder out there <laughs> you and raya we can get you on there yeah, <laughs> yeah. hey guys thank you uh yeah i yeah, appreciate you guys for having us yeah, on man appreciate this it. was a lot of fun you guys are the best thank you so much for doing this and go birds and uh go you guys are good juju i feel like ever since you uh especially andrew you've been rooting on tj we won't wait yeah. Ever since Literally. TJ's been playing, man. ever since they started playing, he's just been taking off. Yeah, he's been, he's been huge for them. They needed him. Needed him. Thank you guys so much. I really Thank appreciate you. it. Have a good one. See ya. Thanks, guys. Take care. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back. Uh, the Sixers played this week, two games. They played Toronto, they beat them, and then they played Brooklyn, and they actually beat them too. Um, they played Toronto on Emily's birthday, on Emily's 31st birthday, uh, and they beat them. Uh, they beat them only by a little bit, which friend of the podcast, Keith Pompey, <laughs> had a few questions about after the game. And... Uh, 
well, I guess we can just talk about this because we'll talk about the games in order. I, you know, this, that, the Sixers, the, Toronto had a billion people on the injury list due to uh, COVID-19 uh, protocols. Pascal Siakam came back in the game or played this game uh, after being in protocols, but Fred Van Vliet was not playing and OG Ananubli was not playing. Uh, same thing with a bunch of other players for Toronto. So the Sixers should win this game pretty easily. And of course, the Sixers, they did not. They won it by only a little bit, thanks uh, in large part to another great game by Joel. And we'll talk about him uh, overall in a while, in a little bit here, because we won't spend a lot of time here as we just spent close to an hour with those guys who were great, by the way. After the game, Keith said said to Doc, are you worried at all that basically the Sixers have either lost to or barely beat some of these teams with so few good players playing? Doc says basically not at all. A win is a win. It's the NBA. You got to beat who's on your schedule effectively. Like, that's a silly question. Like, how dare you ask that question? It's the NBA. You got to beat who's on your schedule. I feel great. It's a win on the road. Like, how dare you? No way. Keith then says, it sounds like you're getting emotional. Uh, You know, the Sixers have had a number of games like this where the other team doesn't have a lot of good players healthy and the Sixers barely win. I'm just wondering if you think this is like a bad trend. Doc says, that's a dumbass question. Basically, like you never played in the league. It's obvious, like you take any win you can in this league. Other teams, when the Sixers had a bunch of guys in protocols, did not feel bad for us. Like you got to just win the games you can. So Doc, uh, in this Doc came off very pompous, of course, uh, and looking down on Keith. Keith did sound a bit combative, of course, saying, say, like using the phrase to a head coach, it sounds like you're getting emotional is a hilarious thing to say, of course. Um, and only Keith could say it in the way that he did. I love Keith. Um, personally, I come down on the side of Keith in this, like, it's a fair question. It's a fair question to say, like, Doc, do you wish the Sixers would just win an easy game against a team that shouldn't be standing a chance in this game because they're so depleted? And Joel all the time says, we played like shit. Yeah, we won the game, but like, we need to play better. We shouldn't be fucking around with a team like that. So Joel says that stuff all the time. Um, I understand Doc not wanting to say in the media, that team sucks. We should really beat them by more. But I don't like when Doc talks shitty to the media and talks down to the media, which he has done quite a bit um, since he's been here. I don't like it. I think it's mean. And I like talking down to them saying you never played in the NBA. It's like, how many people in the media have played in the NBA? Like, you're okay. You can say that to all of them and then none of them can talk. Like, I think it's rude. And like, he doesn't have to get so indignant. Uh, Now, Keith kind of invited that when he said, it sounds like you're getting emotional. But um, yeah, I I do think Keith was kind of begging for a fight there uh, when he said that. But overall, I don't think it was an out of bounds question at all. And Doc treated it as that. So I think the person more wrong in this was Doc. Dan, do you agree? Uh, I think that the original question is fine. And I think that Keith is basically right that like the Sixers shouldn't be in all these games. I think Keith didn't mean the way his words sound when he said, it seems like you're getting emotional. Like, I think he meant that as like, a, tell me about how you're feeling. Like, like, I don't think he meant like, wow, it's very embarrassing for you that you're getting emotional here. 
but i also understand <laughs> isn't there a meme talking. isn't there a meme that's like look at you emotional <laughs> there's some meme i think troll tweeted it that's funny go ahead i'm but sorry like, <laughs> but like i understand also why like that's kind of how it sounds i really don't think keith meant it that way but i understand why doc took it that way and i think more than anything it was like a miscommunication which like on the on that part is probably on keith for like the follow-up of like you seem pretty emotional. Um, and I get why that could upset Doc a bit. I don't think, though, that Keith meant anything malicious. Um, and I, but, and I think that the original question was fair. But I think ultimately also, like, like Keith, like, obviously um, travels with the team and is, like, very close with a lot of members of the organization. And I think that Doc probably feels more comfortable, like, getting frustrated with Keith because I would imagine he has more of a relationship with Keith um, than he does with, um, like, for example, people who were, like, kind of new to um, being with the team when they went on Zoom or, like, don't travel with the team. Like, I think that there's, like, a level of, um, I think there's a level of, like, familiarity there that, like, kind of lets the two of them go back and forth a bit um, due to the fact that he's, like, one of the guys that will, like, be there when they have a road game. Um, and has just been with the, I know Doc hasn't been with the team a long time, but Keith has. And so, you know, Keith has relationships with other people in the organization who have been there a long time. Um, I think ultimately it's not a huge deal. And we've kind of seen Keith go back and forth with people before. I don't think there's any hard feelings about it. Um, I do think it was pretty funny. Though. <laughs> Guys do like to tee off on Keith from time to time. Joel's done it. Like when Keith said a dumb thing and said like, Joel ducks the best centers in the league and, Joel was like, after he put 40 on Gobert, he was like, where's Keith? Do I? Do I really? Uh, and Ben Simmons, when he was on the Sixers, he, he like, Keith asked like sort of a half question and Ben made him like repeat it really, really slow once. And I was like, oh no, this is a, this is a bad moment. Emily, uh, where do you come down on this interaction? Um, I think I come down somewhere in the middle. Um, I agree with you that like Doc was a little rude. And, but I also kind of agree with Doc. Like, I think the initial question was a fair question, but I don't really disagree with Doc's answer. Like, I think a win is a win. Like, in the end of the day, it's a win in the, in the win column. It's a one in the win column. It doesn't matter that we only lost by one. There's no point differential at the end of the season. Like, yeah, it kind of sucks. They should have played better, but it's, they still, like, this is the outcome that you wanted. So... I think for I so I agree with Doc on that point and then when Keith kept pushing I think that's when he got annoyed and then Doc was kind of rude so I'm kind of in the middle yeah for, uh as a Sixers fan the thing for me that would matter more in all these close games is that close games equal less resting time for Joel um so you know blow some teams out get get more 25 minute nights for Joel um but I think those are more unlikely just given the you know, sort of season we're in for every team where it's just guys are so in and out. So then Sixers beat Brooklyn on the road, Brooklyn with Durant and Harden. What a Wait, can we say one more thing about please. the Toronto game? Absolutely. Can we just comment on the adorable post game with Joel and Tyrese for a second? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was when he was trash. Yeah. Okay. And Joel told him that he was trash and then they're just both like giggling at the podium <laughs> okay. and then Tyrese like, can't control himself because he says that he has two air he's like I had two air balls and he's like laughing uncontrollably and 
it was so charming and endearing and it would not have happened if they had lost this game like this is the no. thing like it's a win so you can have this fun and call your teammate trash and you can laugh at it if it was a loss it would not have happened they both would have been pissed but was i was so, so happy they like have this very cute like rapport together um and i just thought it was adorable so i have the other uh uh, I have the other press the follow up one, right? The Brooklyn so one. I love that they're doing these press conferences side by side now. But but Joel's sitting there and Tyree sits down and Joel's looking at like the box score and he goes, Tyrese, you were trash tonight because you were two for 12. <laughs> and, and Tyrese goes, It's like you last time. And Joel goes, Yeah, it's like when I had zero points here. Uh, it was just very funny. It was very funny, uh, interaction between the two of them. Um, okay, so then. What happens is then Doc goes into uh, COVID protocols as the as do assistant coaches, Sam Cassell, Brian Adams, uh, Tyler Johnson, poor guy who's like a replacement of, for the COVID protocols guys, uh, Miles Powell, um, also a replacement guy, and then Shake and Andre Drummond come out of the protocols and they play in the Brooklyn game. Uh, and the Sixers beat the Nets um, on whatever night that was, whatever night that was, Thursday. Um, this was a great, uh, uh, just an excellent win. Uh, it was the Joel and Tyrese Maxey show. Uh, Tobias was bad. Hello. Joel was excellent. Uh, he went out for a little bit. He turned his ankle. It looked like he seems to be fine. And Tyrese hit five threes. And it was just like, we've been he waiting. He could not miss from that corner. He no. could not miss. And Joel made some great passes to, uh, to Tyrese on like the short roll. And we have, I think, all been really wanting to see a game where Joel and Maxi played great at the same time together. And they've been playing a lot better together lately. Uh, like their offensive rating together in December was excellent. Um, but this is a game where they both scored a ton of points together. And uh, Joel had 30 something and Tyrese had 25. And it was a ton of fun to watch. To, to see them take down the Brooklyn team uh, in Brooklyn was wonderful. A uh, ton of shit talking between Joel and Durant, where they were separated at the end of the game. I love that shit. You know, when the Nets beat the Sixers in Philly recently, Kevin Durant was telling Joel and the Sixers to go home. So Joel returned the, the, returned the favor in Brooklyn. Uh, Paul Reed showed up behind Joel and flashed a W in his face, which is hilarious. Um I love this. Kevin Durant on his encounter with Joel, he said, we just respect each other so much that that natural competitive fire comes out. Um, after the game, Joel and Tyrese next to each other. Hilarious. Again, Joel said, you see what happens when you freaking shoot threes. Come on, man, shoot the three. You were great. That's how you respond to criticism. Also, so Dan Burke is the replacement head coach. All the other head coaches are not around anymore. Dan Burke is the replacement head coach. They doused him in water and celebrated with him. Very fun. Wonderful stuff. Uh, Sixers have now won three in a row and are getting to a more uh, favorable part of their schedule, both in frequency and in uh, opponents. Uh, so things are uh, looking okay for now. Emily, your takeaway to this Brooklyn win. Yeah, the Brooklyn one was really fun. Um, there were some interesting, like, stats of the other Brooklyn games. It really seems like this season it's come down to the fourth quarter. They've really played each other close through the first three, and the Sixers, like, got blown out in the fourth quarter in the last game, so it was nice for them to have a strong fourth quarter. Um, I also thought it was funny in the post game 
with Kevin Durant. I I don't know if this was like if the New York media was like trying to like make Joel the villain because they were like, what did did what did Joel say that like crossed the line or like what was he saying to you? And Durant was just like he didn't say anything that crossed the line. Like I was just turn up, like it was fine. Right, like, he didn't right, really right. say anything at all. Like we were just like trying to win a basketball game, which I thought was. Good. I think those guys like each other. I think Joel said, like, Definitely. I can do anything on the basketball court, and he's the only other person in the world that can do the same stuff as me, which he is said funny if, they're if, very he different said players. If, but if there's anybody more talented in the NBA, it would be him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think they have a lot of respect for each other, and it's fun when guys like that can get heated and it doesn't get ugly, um, but it's still kind of like fireworks during the game. Um, but, yeah, it was a really good win. Um, and they had Harden too. It's not like it was a completely undermanned Brooklyn team. They had, you know, Durant and Harden. So it was a really good win. Excellent win. Um, Dan, your thoughts on the win against uh, the Brooklyn Nets? Uh, my thoughts are that Delta Airlines sucks. And I was stuck in the Atlanta airport the whole game and missed it. From what I heard, one of the best games of the year. Very upset I did not get to see it. Uh, when I get a minute, we'll hopefully get to rewatch it, but have not yet. Um, did you watch fun highlights and press conference? I, I mean, I saw, I saw highlights. I saw, um, I saw all the post game stuff you talked about um, because I could get that on Twitter and stuff while I was sitting there um, really hoping that my flight after my flight got canceled, that I had to run around the airport to book would also not get canceled. Uh, just a really fun evening uh, sarcastically. And uh, yeah, it sucked. Uh, my thoughts are whatever your thoughts are. I don't know. I really wish I had gotten to see it. Um, my plan was to hopefully get to watch some of it on the plane. Uh, my plane did not happen, and it was what it was. Dan, how was your trip, pal? It was fun. I went to New Orleans. Uh, it was a good time. Uh, the, we made it home somehow, uh, but... Unfortunately, I did not get to see the Sixers. But yeah, it was awesome. I had never been to New Orleans. There was a ton of live music, um, which was really cool. Also, it's kind of weird. Um, obviously, they have a dome for their football stadium. They play in the in the Superdome. Yeah. And it's kind of right next to the Smoothie King Center, which is where the Pelicans play. Um, but like uh, football stadiums are obviously bigger than basketball stadiums. Um, like the link fits like almost 70,000 people and the Wells Fargo Center fits like 20-something. Um and it was like, because they were next to each other and because both were like fully indoors, like the link is near the Wells Fargo Center, but they're like, they're more spread out and they're, and the link is open. And it's like the Smoothie King Center, like kind of looks puny and like a little bit pathetic next to the Superdome. Um, I had never been there, so I had never seen it, but uh, that was my, that was my basketball related takeaway was that the Pelican Stadium looks, looks kind of dumb. Hmm. Get their ass. I love it. Um, all right, great. So we did that. Oh, hey, uh, best wishes to Kate Scott, who uh, is out right now with COVID. We love Kate, and we hope she gets well soon. Uh, Allah, I believe, is out right now as well. Uh, the last, I think we heard it, he's just sick. Uh, I don't believe that we know that it's uh, anything other than that, but we hope he gets well as well. Um, Emily's corner here, uh, we have heard through further articles now that Ben Simmons uh, has not been traded, but he has uh, become engaged to Maya Jamma, his, his betrothed. Emily, take it away. 
Yeah. So we had touched on this in a previous episode because I had seen some like non-specific Instagram story, but now we're getting it from the Daily Mail, uh, which is not a reputable source, but a more (laughs) reputable source than a random Instagram. So they apparently got engaged over Christmas. It says that Ben picked up the ring himself on Jewelers Row in the Diamond District of Philadelphia. That part of it makes me think it's not true because I don't think he would go to Jewelers Row. Like, I just think he stays far away from Philadelphia whenever he can. Mm. They also said that he it happened at his, like, Morristown mansion, and that's where she spent Christmas and that she might move here after they get married. But there's, like, she has a legitimate career in the UK. There's no way she's moving to the US unless he, like, is like working in LA like unless you get traded to like the Lakers or the Clippers like I don't see it so some of these details are a little questionable but it is being reported in the Daily Mail that they're engaged and that they've told their close friends and family and that she has been here for the holidays so that I will report back more information that I get yeah and for an official statement from the Gastro Blues podcast we will now go to Dan for a uh just an official uh, well-wishing uh, uh, statement from Dan. Go ahead, you can take it away. No comment. And we are going on to the Birds, who won today, uh, 20 to 16. Eagles Fever, P-H-E-V-E-R, has taken over this podcast. Uh, they they can't help but keep winning. Now, when we're recording this, the Eagles need a win by the Niners or the Panthers, and a win tonight by not the Vikings, whoever they're playing, uh, to officially be in the Packers. Great. I feel great about it. Um, Right now, the Niners are winning 10-7, and the Panthers are winning 10-9. Stop the count. We'd be looking good. Uh, But also, we could just win next week and get in the playoffs. So it's not like we have to depend on other people. Like We are the masters of our own fate. But Dallas might not play anyone. They don't have to play. Dallas might have nothing to play for. Um, but yes, we control our own destiny. Dallas might have nothing to play for. If Dallas does have something to play for, they're very good, and uh, that would be tough. Uh, Eagles keep finding ways to win, have not had a hard schedule lately. Um, but it's been fun to watch them play well. And Sirianni looks like he figured it out. You know, midway through this year, he looked like he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. But now I feel very encouraged about him. Here's where I'm at with Jalen Hurts. And Dan, I'd like you to pay attention. I don't need a message from you. On a day when the Eagles are doing great, Jalen Hurts saves five different lives when, when you know, things collapse in Washington's sad excuse for a stadium. He, he picks people up off the floor. He's the handsomest guy in the NFL. He got vaccinated. What more do you want from him? Eagles can't stop losing, winning. And I, too, worry <laughs> that he's not good enough. But for what they are right now, I certainly think he's good enough to stick around. Now, if they could trade for a star quarterback, certainly you got to do it, have to do it. There's no doubt about it. But assuming a star quarterback isn't available and wants to play in Philly, he's got to be the guy next year, right? Like there doesn't seem to be a better option given where their picks are and given like, like you want the guy with the two gloves. You want the guy with the two gloves who took a picture with you. That's where this gets tricky. Well, he's not going to make it to the Eagles first pick. Oh, you don't think so? No, he won't. 
Okay, so tell me what you think about this rationale, which is that he's a lot of fun. He seems to work his ass off, and that's a nice ass. And I think that he's certainly good enough to stick around and see what happens until they're able to get an elite guy. I don't, I don't foresee them being able to get an elite guy this summer or whatever this offseason. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use a bunch of, I wouldn't use a bunch of resources on someone who's like mediocre. Like, I mean, I think Hertz is, I basically think Hertz is mediocre. Um, I, th- I view him as someone who's ceiling is capped because his downfield accuracy is, is really, really bad. Um, and like, it's whatever. Like, I, I don't think it, it doesn't ruin my enjoyment of the team. But if you're asking me like to think big picture for a second, I don't think he's the answer. Um, if you think there's someone who might be the answer who you can get this year, yeah, you have to do it. Whether that's a rookie who you really, really like or a, like, like an established player. And yeah, you have to go get them. I don't, I don't view Hertz as a player who can be a championship winning quarterback because he, I don't think that he is good enough throwing the ball downfield. I don't think that he is close to good enough. And I don't, I think that, and I think it's also, it's not just an accuracy thing. I don't think he has a strong enough arm to do it. Um, and I think that that limits the ceiling of the team, but I also didn't see the team being anywhere near the playoff picture this year. And I think that, you know, they've been able to overcome his shortcomings with the run game with the offensive line as good as it is. And, you know, him as a runner has been good, has been fun. Um, he's really easy to root for. He's, he's so likable. Um, and so, no, I mean, if he's here next year, I don't think it's like ideal, but I think it might be the realistic thing and I'll have no problem rooting for him. I'll have no, if he all of a sudden looks like a different player, I don't really expect it. But if all of a sudden down the field, he's throwing the ball and he's, and he's looking a lot better. Um, I, I don't think that there's any like, I, I, I will have no problem like admitting that right away. I, I, I just find him like very likable, very endearing, um, like the kind of guy who you want around like personality wise. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't think it's the end of the world if he's here another year. I think it's probably a pretty realistic circumstance. But I, I mean, I think it's fair to say that like we have like that Washington team is awful and has basically no one. They have more guys out than we do. We went down 10 nothing. We, we barely won the game, um, a game that we had to win. Um, and he, he, like, he helped us win. Like, I don't mean to like, put all of that on him. But like, I just think it's like, realistic to like, look at this. If you want to look big picture, as like, this is not like, oh, well, this proves that like, he's here. You know what I mean? Like, like that's just kind of where we're at. I don't I don't want to say like get too into this because I don't mean to be like a downer or anything. You're not like you're not pop. anti. You're not anti. No, you're, you're oh, not, not at all. No, I really like him. I think he's I think he's like he's the kind of guy you want leading your team. I would love him. I would love to get I would I would love him to still be around and just get someone better as a starter. I don't think that's necessarily realistic because I think someone might give him a shot as a starter right. if you get someone better. Um but like if, if something happens, if he like sucks next year and then you get a guy who's better to start, like I would have no problem with him. Like, I think he'd be a great guy to stick around, be the backup, like bring him in and, 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 and um, like situationally, if may, maybe the guy you bring in is like not as strong. Like you bring Hertz in when you want to have like a, a, like a fourth and one, like we're, we're, we're definitely running situation. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, very fine with him with him being around i think he's a good guy to have around the team and he's like very easy to root for he's very mentally tough he's very focused um very willing to put the work in and so no i i don't have anything against Jalen hurts i find myself falling for him as we've made this run um 
I will say there's a good chance that could be undone if we get our shit kicked in in playoffs, which I think Dan probably sees as pretty likely if we play a, a really good team, which I, I think is probably more likely than not. Emily, where are you at? Um, I'm kind of, he's very handsome. Unbelievable. Most very importantly, handsome. this is, we've got to like keep our eyes on the priorities, like very handsome, number one priority checks box, right? For this podcast, we're not doing X's and O's in football. We are no. concerned with handsomeness. So mm-hmm. we'll keep our eyes on the prize here. Um, but yeah, I'm fine with him. I it's it's hard. It's like it goes against with my thing of like if they're winning, they're winning. So just let it roll. You know, what can I say? A win is a win. Maybe they won't lose. And they again. covered the spread today for me. Mm-hmm. So what what else could I want? Here we go. Uh time to do our predictions uh for this week. Emily. How did we do? I know I did not do well. I predicted an 0-2 week, and the Sixers won two games. Uh, so uh, yeah. let us know. How did we do? So I went 2-0, and and Steve went 0-2. So we are now tied at 19-16. and I've made up our two-game difference in one week. And then you Dan- both have the same record of the, uh, as the Sixers, I have to say, which is, come on. <laughs> is that true? That's hilarious. Wow. That is wild. Um, and Dan is 16 and 19. He went one and one this week. So that he's three games back from us. All right. This week, the Sixers play uh, home against Houston on Monday at Orlando on Wednesday and home against San Antonio on Friday. Uh, Dan, you are first. Okay. Let's see. We have home against Houston. That's a win. They just had a huge problem. Did you see what just happened there? Yeah. They have They're stuff. imploding. Yeah. They got a problem. All right. They're going three. Now. three now. That's what I thought. Yeah. I'm going, that's, that's what I said, too. So it might just be a board. Oh, no. Dan, Dan. This is, or Dan can make moves. I have plenty of time. I'm not worried about it. Okay. Okay. Right, good. I got a three fall in my heart. For everybody. The gastro gang here. Um, a huge thank you to Andrew Spencer and to Clay Harbor. They were so fun. I had a great time with them. Um, they were very fun. They, they were super down to talk about uh, whatever we wanted. So that was a lot of fun. If you're um, listening to this on like Spotify or wherever, make sure you look for the clips on Twitter because I think they were like very funny to watch on camera too. So yeah. look for, there's probably some good clips going to be on Twitter. And I don't know if it was in the uh, uh, pre-show talk that we had but clay was wearing a game worn clay harbor jersey from the eagles yeah. so uh that was very cool uh those guys were great and um and yeah i think that's it uh follow the feeds uh the gastroenteritis blues the uh whatever else uh at gastro blues pod third and girl steve j Lippman, um drew we love drew uh definitely Big thank you to Drew always for his service. Uh, Happy New Year to you guys. 2022, episode 101. We love you. And um, anything else from you guys before we go? No. Be safe and be great. Be safe and be great. Have a great uh, week. We'll talk to you next time.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.